And this is where Jesus is speaking. Uh, he's actually been brought before Pilate. Uh, the religious world, the religious leaders had brought Jesus before Pilate because they were looking for an opportunity to kill him because he wasn't lining up with their religious mentality, their religious idea of how God was supposed to work. And so they brought him before Pilate, who was the governor of Judea, hoping that, that he would uh, say, yeah, you're right, he deserves to die. And, of course, Pilate was pushing back. He was like, I don't, why are you bringing this guy to me? And so he says, verse 33, he says, Pilate went back inside and called for Jesus to be brought to him. And then he asks him a question, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you this about me? I am a Jew, Pilate replied or retorted. Uh, Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And then Pilate says, oh, so you are a king. And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then Pilate comes back with a question that I think that plagues every person. And Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? And then you can take time to read the rest of that story on your own. But that's the question that I think every single person comes sooner or later. They come to this place where they say, what is truth? Because they hear this from this source. They hear that from that source. They hear so many different opposing views. What's the truth? That's the question. Are there any absolutes? Is truth relative? In other words, is it only true if certain things are in place? Or is truth negotiable? Is truth progressive? That, oh, it used to be true, but that's not true anymore. Now, I know in certain situations that might have a bearing. But concerning the love of God, and that's what I'm talking about today. The, loving God, the love of God is absolute. The love of God is not relative. Meaning, well, he loved you yesterday, but he doesn't love you today because God loves you. God loves you absolutely without reservation. So basically the truth is this. that Truth is absolute. Truth is firm. It's faithful. It's like a solid rock. It's immovable, unshakable. You can build your life on the truth about the love of God. And so let me just look at a few things here. It's recorded 68 times in the New Testament that Jesus said, I tell you the truth. 68 times, I tell you the truth. And so when Jesus tells us the truth, I want to hear what he has to say. And so the first thing today I want you to consider is that you are loved by God. You know, I don't know where you are. I don't even know. Maybe you don't even know why you, 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 you got online here to watch this today. But I believe that God has drawn the hearts of people. And if, and if you just t- turn this on just to see how the different uh, group, different churches are, are broadcasting, stay with us just for one a little bit of a time, just for a few minutes. You are loved by God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. It's not talking about the dirt. It's not talking about this planet. It's talking about the people. God loves all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loved you and loves you so much 
that what? What? We say, I love this. I love this person. So what are you going to do about it? God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. That's, that's the truth about the love of God. God could have made other choices, but God made the choice to send his son to rescue every person. You know, I don't know where, where this podcast, I mean, this podcast could be accessed anywhere. Anywhere where there's a, an internet feed. Anywhere where somebody can get on in Facebook. So I don't know where you might be watching it, but here's the truth. God loves you. Absolutely non-negotiably he's not looking to see if he's going to still love you he loves you no matter what he loves you but he calls us to a place to respond to him because love does respond love does require a response the second thing today is that nothing can separate us from the love of god you might feel like that your life maybe maybe you've made some bad choices and bad decisions haven't we all But maybe you've made some decisions that you would consider to be absolutely unforgivable or unremovable. But I want you to know God loves you more than you can even imagine. God, uh, the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8 verse 35, I'll jump down through here a little bit. It says, can anything, this is what, what the apostle Paul is writing about the love of Christ. Can anything, anything ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, we're persecuted, we're hungry, destitute, we're in danger, we're threatened with death, or we're going through the coronavirus pandemic? Does God not love us because look what's going on? No, that's not what that means at all. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God absolutely loves us beyond anything we can imagine because it's not a human love. It's a love that is a a God kind of love. It doesn't change. And then in verse 37, it says, despite all these things, overwhelmingly, victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then I love verse 38. He says, I am convinced. I want you to be convinced today of this. I am convinced, Paul says, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, demons, nor fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our love. I'm convinced, church. And that's my hope today. Whether you're listening to this and you're not convinced, I would hope and believe that you would take what God's word says and know this, that it applies to you. That God wants you to be convinced. God wants you to be persuaded that he loves you unconditionally. The third thought this morning is that God loved us while we were at our worst. While we were absolutely at our worst. Listen, I'm not going to take time to go through my worst life. I'm not going to take time to go through how bad I have been in my life. But here's the thing. When, when I was at my worst, when you were at your worst, you might find yourself today at your worst. You might find yourself at a place where you're not even, not even thinking that life is worth living, that you are unredeemable, that you're unrestorable, uh, that you are unfixable. But I want you to know today, that the Bible tells us that God loved us while we were at our worst, while we were sinners and we didn't even think about God. This is what Romans 5 verse 8 says, 
But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were lost, while we were living for ourselves, while we were doing whatever it was we wanted to do, not giving a thought to God or anyone else. God saw us. He knew that we needed a Savior, and he sent his son to die for us when we were absolutely at our worst. And then, of course, why would he do that? That's kind of the question, I think, that goes, why would he do that? Who am I? You know, out of uh, you know, almost 8 billion people on this planet, does God even know my name? Yes, he does. He knows your name. He knows every detail of your life. And when he thinks about you, his heart is warmed because he knows what your life was meant to be. And he knows if we will put our lives back in his hands, this is what will happen. He will restore us. He will regenerate our lives. He can fix every detail of our life. Why would he do this? Well, Hebrews tells us this. It says, uh, looking unto the, to Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and then sat down at the right hand of, of God, of the throne of God. Now, let me go back and talk about that briefly. So he says, for the joy. So why did God, why did Jesus agree to go to the cross? Here's why. It says, he did it for the joy that was set before him. Well, what joy would that be? Because uh, you know, maybe you've seen the Passion of the Christ. You've seen it you know, uh, depicted in, in a, a video where you see the torment and the pain and the torture that, that Jesus went through. He went through it. Why? Because he saw what was on the other side. You. You and I are on the other side of the cross. If God had not sent his son to the cross to, and, and he had agreed to come and die on the cross, let me tell you something. Today, we would not have a message of hope. We would not have any information that we could share with you today about God loving you. But God loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. The love of God is not a human love. It's the kind of love that is directed because that's what's in God's heart. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on anything other than God because God is love. God loved us and he chose us. He loved us and he chose us. Ephesians verse 1 verse 4, chapter 1 verse 4. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Even before God created the world, he loved us. You think about that. So God knew you before he created the world? Yeah, absolutely. God knows the beginning from the end. Before anything ever happens, before anything takes place, God knows. And you might be saying, well, why doesn't he fix it? He's trying. But he's given us a free will. And he wants us to respond to him, to open the door. He can stand and knock on that door, knock on your heart's door, which it tells us in Revelation he's doing. He's knocking at the heart of door of every person. He's knocking at their door on their heart, wanting to come in, wanting to, to have a relationship and to have a, an opportunity to come in and to change our life. This morning, I don't know exactly who needs to hear this more than somebody else, but I believe there's people out there, and you have come to the point where you're thinking it's not worth it. Open that door. Open that door. Open your heart and allow God to begin to work in your life, you know, because of our will. It's like in America, you know, we have so much freedom and so many rights. 
Nobody can just come and do anything because we have certain rights. We have a, a bill of rights. We have all these laws that protect us and give us laws to go do what we want. Well, I want you to know God has given you the right to a self-will that you can make decisions for yourself. And we've made decisions for ourselves that have taken us in wrong direction many times. But today, if we can turn our will, if we can turn that desire, that thing inside of us, and say, God, I don't know if you are there. I don't know. I think you are. I hope you are. But I'm not sure. But if we can do that and say, God, I open my heart. Show me. Show me who you are. Show me who you've made me to be. So God loved us, and he chose us to be in Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God knew you even before you were created. That's a crazy thought, but it's absolutely true. You're not an accident. And so this is real love, that God loved us enough to send his son. He loved us so much that he sent his one and only son for us. You know, wherever you find yourself today, uh, you might be thinking that God doesn't even know where you are, doesn't know who you are, but God does. And as a matter of fact, I believe that, that tug at your heart, that thing that's stirring around inside of you today. Maybe you've heard words from other people that are cutting and, and, and they're hurting and they're, they're just, they're not good. I want you to know if we will just tune our ear to what God says in his word about us, there's healing that's available. There's, there's the power of wholeness that God wants to bring to our lives. Love compelled. It, it put it in God's heart to send his only son because of you. Because of you. You know, I, growing up, um, you know, I had a, a lot of people in my life that, that helped me a lot. That, that, that told me that I was a good boy. That told me that I had... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, potential, a lot of opportunity in front of me if I would just take those steps. And then I had other people, uh, you know, in school, uh, just kids, other kids and other people, uh, maybe that, that maybe they were going through bad things and they said lots of negative things. They said lots of, you're a loser, you're never going to amount to anything. But, you know, we choose who we're going to listen to. We choose. And today I want you to know that you can choose to respond to what God says. You can choose to listen to what God is saying because God's word is truth. It's truth. It's that truth that you can build your life on. It's that truth that's absolute. It's that truth that's firm and it's immovable and it's unshakable, whereas other things that we hear, they come and go. But God's word, it doesn't. 